You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, Thank you for joining with me today on Everything Apostolic. We're going to continue with our subject uh, uh, on the oneness of the Godhead. Today we're going to be talking about the oneness of God according to John. Now, uh, the last two uh, podcasts we did was uh, the oneness of God according to Paul, and then before that, the oneness of God according to Isaiah. And so just going through the books that they individually had penned and looking at many, not all, but many, especially the main uh, content on the subject of the Godhead to help give you a further understanding. Now, I want you to notice something if you've listened to the other two. And what I'm going to do on this one again today is I constantly and continually make references to other scriptures about what I'm talking about, all right? No scripture stands alone. Uh, The Word of God will defend itself. The Bible will explain the Bible. There's not really much I have to say. If you notice, it's a constant repetition of quotation and reading and repetition of the scripture, all right? Referencing back and forth, we're not using some theological, you know, explanations of some far out thing. No, the Bible is explaining the Bible. And again, today we're going to do that uh, about the oneness of God and according to John, the Apostle John. So we're going to start in St. John and hope to get through that book today. You noticed if you've listened to the other two, it went somewhat um, speedy, <laughs> moving fast. And of course, because you have the ability to put pause on that, take notes if you desire, re-listen to things. So I'm just moving forward here. going to get as much in in the podcast as I possibly can <clears throat> of the book. So yeah, excited about the subject. I love the subject. So let's go to... Uh, St. John chapter 1, going to read verse 1. Now you're going to see that, you know, in the other podcast, I made reference to some of these scriptures. And today I'm going to make reference to some of those scriptures. Why? Again, because the Bible explains the Bible. Very, It's like a lion. It will fight for itself. Or it will roar for itself. It will defend itself. We don't have to bring in uh, made-up terms, made-up ideas about God. No, the Bible tells us who God is. All right, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now look at those four words. Very, 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 very important. And the Word was God. Now everybody agrees that these three verses that I'm reading is talking about Jesus. And the Word was God. All right, so who was Jesus? He was God. He was the Word made flesh. The same was in the beginning with God, All things were made by him. Hmm? 
the word which was God, all things were made by him, without him was not anything made that was made. So there was nothing in the world that was made uh, unless Jesus made it, okay, because he's God in flesh. <clears throat> Pardon me, uh, St. John, again, we're going to continue in chapter 1 for a little bit. Verse 10, Verse. I love verse 10. People pass over this, they read over it, they miss it somehow. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Who was in the world? Well, verse 1 tells us, uh, and the word was God. All right, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. That word was in the world. Who? That word of John 1 and 1 was in the world. Okay? And the world knew him not. Talking about Jesus. Okay? And the world knew him not. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. Did you get those six words? And the world was made by him. Seven words. <laughs> Sorry. And the world was made by him. So the 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 person here in John one ten, the creator in verse ten here, is the same creator of Genesis one and one. He was in the world. Jesus walked around, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The world, the Jews, the Pharisees, nobody really knew who he was until he started revealing himself. Then, of course, many did not believe his claim. And we're going to be. John is so revelatory. John is so. Uh, it's so amazing, this book. It's just one of a kind throughout the entire book. So get this. The Word was God, verse 1, verse 10, and the world was made by him. And where was he? He was in the world. Who was in the world? Well, uh, Matthew one twenty-three, in reference to Jesus' birth, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The second person of the Trinity with us? No. God with us. How many gods do we have? We have one God. The Jews knew God as Jehovah. Jehovah God with us in flesh. Verse, look at John 1, 14. Back to St. John 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh. What word? The word of John 1 and 1. The word was God. So God was made flesh, and the word God was made flesh. Get it. Get it. Let it come home to you. And the word God was made flesh. Okay? The same one that was in the world, and the world was made by him, verse 10. Again, the Bible will explain itself, and that's what we're doing here. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Powerful, powerful stuff right there. Let's move on. Uh, verse. Uh, let's take a look at verse 30. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a, a man which is preferred before me, before he was before me. This is John the Baptist talking. This is the man which is preferred before me, be, because he was before me, for he was before me. John knew him. John had a revelation to some extent that Jesus was not a second person of a so-called triune God, or a trinity, or th one of three persons of God, none of those terms are even in the Bible, as I've stated before. So let's speak where the Bible speaks. When we're talking about God, why don't we use only terminology, all right, that the Bible uses? If we just did that, we might eliminate some confusion. 
<clears throat> okay, man, man's idea to explain God just doesn't work. The Bible must explain itself. All right, let's move on here to um, chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 19. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So he was standing among the Pharisees, and the Pharisees thought he was in, talking about Herod's temple that was built. King Herod had the, had built the temple for the Jewish people back, you know, back in the day. All right, he built the temple, very very beautiful. If you've ever done a study on it, I have an amazingly beautiful. Uh, temple and Jesus was standing there and they heard him say destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up <laughs> they thought he was talking about Herod's temple he was talking about his own body but he didn't say that the first person is going to raise it up he didn't say that God's going to raise it up he said in three days I will raise it up how can a dead second person raise himself up all right he wasn't a second person he was God Almighty manifest in the flesh First Timothy 3.16, God manifest in the flesh. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 6.24, all right? John 3 and verses uh, 13. Verse 13, watch this, powerful, powerful verse. I wonder if you've ever seen this verse before, ever studied it. Many have not. <clears throat> but look what Jesus uh, said here. Jesus is talking here. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Think about it. Yeah, I love that verse. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but or except he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man. If we stop right there, that's one thing. But then he continues on. He doesn't stop. There's not even a comma. Even the Son of Man which is in heaven so he's saying the son of man's in heaven right now even the son of man which is in heaven okay jesus is talking jesus said this but he that came down from heaven even the son of man which is in heaven so he came down he's standing there among the people he's talking right at that very moment and he tells them even the son of man which is in heaven how can the son of man be in heaven and be on earth at the same time why because he's a he is the eternal god he is a, he is the omnipresent God, all right? So he wasn't a person that could be in one place at one time. He was the almighty God, again, manifest in the flesh, but he is and was there, the omnipresent God on earth and in heaven at the same time. Beautiful, beautiful, bold statement there that he makes. Let's move on uh, to chapter 4 and verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is not a man that he should lie, one of the old prophets said. God is not a man, but God is a spirit. He's an omnipresent spirit. You've got to stop thinking about God the Father as being a man sitting on a chair up in heaven. He said, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Was it David that said that uh, the heavens of the heavens of the heavens cannot contain thee? All right. Well, 
you know, because he's omnipresent. You know, God is not dwelling in a universe that he made. God is bigger than the universe. All right, God is bigger than the universe that he made. God is a spirit. <clears throat> he's not contained to a room. He's not contained to a chair, a throne. He is everywhere at the same time. God is a spirit. He's not floating around like a ghost. Again, he's omnipresent. He's here with me as I make this podcast. He's there with you and everybody else that listens to this podcast, even with those that don't believe on him throughout the entire world. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. All right, let's go to John chapter 5 and verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making him equal with God. Hmm. He said that God was his father. Why? How could how could Jesus say that if he was the father? Okay. How could how could how could that be said? He said that God was his father because Jesus was a manifestation. Okay. The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. She became pregnant. And I said in a previous podcast, the Trinity teaches that the Father is is the Father, uh, or the first person is the Father of the second person. Hmm? If, if if that is true, we've got a problem here, because when the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, if you're going to look at it the way they do, that would make the Holy Ghost the Father, because the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and she became pregnant. It doesn't say the father overshadowed Mary. So, it, you know, in other words, in their terminology, we could say the third person of the Trinity overshadowed Mary. <clears throat> well, that would make the third person the father and not the first person of the father. As some might say, that it looks like there's adultery going on in the Godhead. Now, that's ridiculous. I know that's ridiculous. But that's what it comes down to when you're trying to divide God up into three parts, into three beings, three persons, three spirits. God is not three spirits. Okay, God is a spirit. He's not three spirits. We don't have the Father, which is, you know, as I mentioned before, and again, on the previous podcast, a man, uh, a Trinitarian preacher told me that he believed that the Father was a spirit and the Holy Spirit was a spirit. Okay, but that would make two spirits in the Godhead. God is not two spirits. The Holy Spirit is the same as God. Why? Because the whole, God is holy, and he is a spirit, making him the Holy Spirit. But he dwells on the inside of us now for us that have received the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, you've got to realize, too, in John 5 and 18, that a father is superior to his son. The Trinity doctrine teaches that they are all equal, that the three persons are equal, one with the other. No one is superior. No one is inferior. But a father is always uh, superior to the son. All right. When my son was a boy, okay, let's say he's five years old. Was he superior to me? Were we equal? No, we weren't equal. I was superior to him. He couldn't go out and get a job. He couldn't supply his needs. He couldn't do anything hardly for himself, you know, at a young age. I was superior to him at that time being the father. So again, killing the idea that three persons being equal, one with the other. All right, let's continue in John 5 a little bit, looking at verse 37. 
And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Now, well, if you read that first part, and if you have a Trinitarian thought process, you might say, well, there's, there's two right there. And the Father himself, which hath sent me. Well, we could say that God was manifest in the flesh. When we use Scripture to explain Scripture, God was manifest in the flesh. It wasn't one person sending another person. But look what he says when he at the end of that verse. He doesn't stop there and just the verse continues. You have neither neither seen, you have neither heard his voice at any time, referring to the Father, nor seen his shape. You have neither, you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape and verse 43 i am come in my father's name and you receive me not if another shall come in his own name him you will receive okay well get that jesus said i didn't come in my own name the name jesus in other words is the name of the father okay now, you can go back to nine, Isaiah 9 and 6. We talked about that previously. But that all ties into John 5, 43. I am come in my Father's name. He says right here, um, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. You receive people that come in their own name. If you receive me, you receive me coming in my own name, Charles Rodas. I come in my own name. But Jesus didn't come in his own name. He came in his Father's name, and his Father's name, is was jesus jesus is the name of the father jesus is the name of the son and jesus is the name of the holy spirit these three are not three but these three are one these three manifestations not three persons three manifestations john 7 38 39 he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the holy ghost was not yet given because that jesus was not yet glorified well if 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 there are three persons in the godhead and they are separate they are distinct from one from the other they are all co-equal why why does it say here that why did jesus say that the uh the Holy Ghost could not come because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus had to be ascended for the Holy Ghost to come. Why is that? Because they're not separate. He came back in spirit form. Jesus came back in spirit form. Mm -hmm. Well, he said it right here. He's the one that said, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He said it with his own mouth. In other words, you're not going to see two persons at one time. You're not going to see two persons because there are not two persons. All right. So John 8. We're going to take a look here at verse, start verse 19. And you could read through the whole thing if you want to, but I'm just going to jump through a little bit and touch on it. And I won't take anything out of context. Everything's within context that I'm going to read here and say. Then said they unto him, verse 19. Where is thy father? That's the Pharisees. Where is thy father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my father. He doesn't stop there. Watch watch what he says. Very, very important. The end of verse 19. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. 
if you had known me, you should have known my father also. Well, some are going to say, well, that doesn't mean that he was claiming to be the father. Well, he was claiming to be the father, but let's just say that you're right. Let's just take that thought of you for a moment and see what happens when we go down. So the question is, verse 19, where is thy father? The Jews were always seeking the father. All right. They were always inquiring about the father. Why? Because they didn't believe in a son and they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. They just believed in God, the father, Jehovah. All right. So they didn't believe in these manifestations that we have. All right. Jesus, like I said, Jesus is the father. Jesus is the son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. As I am a father, I am a son and I am a husband. I have many titles offices and roles that I uh, keep and hold and live by, but I have a name. I was born with the name Rhodus. Charles was optional. Rhodus was my given name because my father's name was Rhodus. All right. Verse 23, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. Hmm, that's interesting. Let's keep that in mind. Just remember the latter part of verse 19. They said, where's thy father? He said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. Now look at verse 24. I said, therefore, unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he. If you believe not that I am he, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. What was he talking about? In verse 19, they were asking him, where is thy father? Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And it continues on. If you had, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. If you've got, you must believe that Jesus is the father manifest in the flesh. All right, God is the Spirit. God is the Father. The Spirit is the Father. Jesus was born, and Jesus died as a man. <clears throat> Verse 25, Then they said unto him, Who art thou? Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. Verse 27, They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Haven't I been saying that in the, regarding this whole passage? They said, where is thy father? He said, if you known me, you should have known my father also. Jesus said, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And verse 27, they understood not that he spake to them of the father. Jesus said, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Trinitarians, true Trinitarians by the definition, do not believe that Jesus is the father in any sense of the word. They believe the father is the father and Jesus is the son. And the Holy Ghost being three separate persons, separate, distinct one from the other. All right. But Jesus said, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Verse 24. And then verse 27. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Pretty powerful stuff, huh? Powerful stuff. Remember John 1 and 1. The word was, the word was God. Verse 10. Verse 1 and 10. Said he was in the world and the world was made by him. We have one creator. All right, verse 14, John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh. I think I failed to read that over there. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh. That word, which was God, mm -hmm. God was made flesh because God is a spirit. God is not a man that he should lie, scripture says again. But the word was made flesh, and it says that, the word was made flesh. In other words, God was manifest in the flesh. So God was manifest, God the word. 
Hold on to that right there. Slow down a moment. God the Word, John 1 and 1, verse 14, said was made flesh. The word made means to become something that one was never before. Praise God. That's revelatory. All right, you might need to hit pause, back up, listen to it again. You might need to open your Bible. I know many of you might be listening to this when you're in the car, maybe when you're getting ready or whatever. But you might open. You need to open your Bible and look at it to get a full revelation if you don't already. All right, John 8 and 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. All right, the Jews hated him because he used the term I am, because Jehovah used that in the Old Testament. There's only one I am. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Well, he, he proper grammar, he should have said I was. Before Abraham was, I was. Or I, I was before Abraham. But he says, no, before Abraham was, I am. He wanted to use that Old Testament terminology about Jehovah God of the Old Testament. Why? Because he, Jesus, is the Jehovah God of the Old Testament. As I mentioned before, the word Jehovah is not in your New Testament. The word Jesus is not in your Old Testament. Why? Because he changed names. The word Jesus, as I have also said before, you need to know this. Remember this. The word Jesus. Most Christian believers cannot tell you actually what the word Jesus means. But if you learn it, it's really revelatory. In this whole discussion, it's revelatory. The word Jesus, okay, get your Bible dictionary, not a, not a worldly Webster, a Bible dictionary, uh, a Bible concordance or Strong's, whatever. It's going to say something to the order of Jesus means Jehovah has become our salvation. How did Jehovah become our salvation? Because he was manifest in the flesh. Okay? He took upon the cross. He died on the cross as a man. Praise God. So Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. All right? And his name means Jehovah, <laughs> Jesus, has become our salvation. Isn't that beautiful? All right. Let's go to John 10. I hope I'm not bouncing around too much and too quick for you. But again, you've got a pause button. All right. Uh, verse 17, John 10, 17. Therefore doeth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might that I might take it again. It wasn't the first person raising up the second person. All right? Because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. He raised himself. Right? Because he's God Almighty, manifest in the flesh. John 10, 23. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. What works did Jesus do? All the miracles that he did. But he said, I do them in my Father's name. Again, we can't find the word Jehovah in the New Testament. The name he is referencing to is his name, Jesus. The name Jesus. Why? Because every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. And the Bible says the, the, the entire family uh, on heaven and earth uh, is named after this name, Jesus. Philippians, maybe, I think it's in the book of Philippians, if I'm not mistaken. You can look that up. But the entire family of God, the in heaven and in earth, is na named after the name Jesus. That is not an exact quotation, <clears throat> but a beautiful verse. Anyway, so Jesus said, I do these works in my Father's name. John 10, 30 uh, and uh, verse 30. 
I and my father are one. <laughs> I, uh, he didn't say I and my father are two. Now, if with the definition of the Trinitarian view that they are separate persons, separate, distinct, one from the other, co-equal, all right? He should have said I and my father are two. Wouldn't that make more sense to agree with that doctrinal position? Well, Jesus is not going to say something to support something that that teaching hadn't even been invented yet. The teaching of the Trinity had not even been invented yet. It was not invented until somewhere in the second century and by the Roman Catholic Church took that up in their backslidden condition, okay, which many of them were apostolic and they moved over and they began to accept uh, the Trinitarian baptism. We know that was became dogma in uh, uh, 325 AD at the Nicene Council that water baptism should be performed in the in the words Father, Son, Holy Ghost. All right. So the, the Roman Catholics changed the water baptism from in the name of Jesus to Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That that's all in your church history. That's not something we made up. That that's in encyclopedias in libraries. I read that in encyclopedias back in the late eighties, early nineties. I went before there I had a computer. I read that myself. I went to the library and I looked in the Roman Catholic Encyclopedia. I did it. Okay. Then I look in a secular encyclopedia and they both said basically the same thing that the Roman Catholic Church changed the baptism. All right. As I just quoted. All right. So he said, I and my father run. So we're hanging here in verse chapter 10. And we're going to go down through this. Okay, I'm going to take a break right now, get a drink of water. We're going to come back after this short break, and we're going to tackle more of this. So hang on. We're coming back for more. I want to tell you about a book I put together a while back. It's called God is One. It's a topical Bible on scriptures that are referencing the Godhead. In this God is One book has hundreds of scriptures on the subject of the Godhead, the oneness of God. Matter of fact, you're not going to find any book or any writing anywhere that has more scriptures on the Godhead than this book right here. Now, it's a, it's a study tool is what it is. It's, it's not my opinion. I didn't write anything in this book. This is Bible verses, but what I did, I separated the verses from Genesis to Revelation. I separated the verses with space where you can use it to make notes. This is a study tool. When you study on the Godhead, and let's say you're looking at 1 Timothy 3.16, you know, God was manifest in the flesh, you know, that verse. Well, then you might have other passages, or you might have your own personal notes or feelings or thoughts. You could write them in the paperback. I have a, there's a Kindle version as well. But you could write them in that, okay? Just just a, a great tool, uh, Godhead tool for your Godhead library studies, okay, that you can use and have your notes in one place always instead of a notepad here, a notepad there, a Word, Word document here and there. You can have it all in one place. Uh, Grant F. Uh, made a comment on Amazon about it. He said, great oneness reference tool. This is so wonderfully put together, easy to use and reference all of the scripture text on the oneness of our God. I love it out. It is space to make notes. 
this is a great tool not just for the oneness believer but if you are a person that is interested in knowing and he goes on you know um, there's another testimony from Christy R she says good reference book for Godhead scriptures this is a great book to have as a reference for all the Godhead scriptures in one easy to uh, to locate place according to the books of the Bible and it is well take a look at it on Amazon paperback and uh, Kindle blessings to you All right, here we go again. Let's, let's start again in St. John 10, verse uh, 30. I and my Father are one, as I just mentioned. We're not two, we're not three. I and my Father are one, one in the same. Okay? I and my Father are one in the same. We're not two persons. He could have said that. If you believed in the Trinity, that's what you should have said. Okay, because that's what's being taught today in so many Christian churches that God is that the if you add the first person and the second person well that's two third person would make three separate persons in the Godhead but Jesus said I and my father are one all right if you same chapter here chapter 10 for of John <clears throat> going down let's just uh we'll just read down here 31 then the Jews took up stones again to stone him well, the Jews were quite ticked off at what he just said. I'm my father are one. Why do they pick up rocks? Why do they want to throw them at Jesus? Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of them, which of those works do you stone me? <laughs> 33, the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Huh? But because thou being a man, makest thyself God. Really, they had it backwards there. What what they just said, he wasn't a man that made himself God. He was God that made himself man. Yeah. The Pharisees, yeah, no, we're, we're going to stone you because of blasphemy, because thou being a man, makest thyself God. In other words, they're saying, you claim to be God. You're just a man. You're claiming to be God. They knew what he was saying. Why cannot so much of the church today, so much of the Christian church today, cannot see it? The Jews could see it. The Jewish people, the Pharisees, those that understood the Old Testament like the back of their hand, though they didn't, they couldn't see Jesus. They couldn't get a revelation of him because you're a man and you make yourself God. But again, the truth is he was God that made himself man. But when you go to John 1, 14, as we've already talked about, and the word was made flesh, God was made flesh, made, the word made means to become something that one was never before. All right, God had never been a man in this fashion before Matthew 1, verse 21, forward, or when he was born. All right, beautiful passage here. All right, let's go down here in John 10, verse 38. But if I do... Uh, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Now, very important to notice this, this phraseology here, because we're going to read this three or four times in the book of John. He said, I, that the Father is in me and I in him. Now, if they are separate persons, if they're separate persons, how could one person be inside of another person? <clears throat> Jesus said, the Father's in me and I in him. No, what he's saying is we are one and the same because we are. he already said, I and my Father are one. 
All right. But you can't have one person inside of another person. That is impossible. All right. So it's not about something we're trying to explain that we can't understand because God has made himself known. And these things are clearly seen, as we've talked about in Paul's writing, clearly understood so that they are without excuse. Jesus said, the father's in me and I in him. All right. Remember, the word was made flesh. We're going to run into that run into that phraseology again. <clears throat> All right, let's go to uh, John 12. All right, 44, Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but in him that sent me. Hmm. So if you believe on me, you're not really believing. Let's, let's take a look from a Trinitarian standpoint. If you believe on the second person, you're not really believing in the second person. You're believing, you're believing in the first person. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Hmm. Wow. I don't care how you look at it here. He And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Who was he talking about? The Father. The, the Almighty Spirit of God, the Omnipresent Spirit of God. He said, if you're looking at me, you're looking at him. Because we're one and the same. We're not separate entities, spirits, beings, or persons. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Does he say that again? Let's find out. Okay. Let's go to John 14. Take a look at verse 6. We're going down from there. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, not by us, but by me. So that unfortunately eliminates the Jews, eliminates the Hindus, eliminates Islam, because they don't go by Jesus. They try to go straight to God in their own way. All right. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. <laughs> oh, we'll be all happy. We'll be, it'll be sufficient. We're, you know, Everything will be cool, Jesus. Just show us who the Father is. Verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? Now, he could have stopped there and not said anything else, and many people would be satisfied with that. But Jesus gives a very deep revelation of himself right here. So let's read that part again. Have I been so long time with you, Philip? Oh, he doesn't say Philip there. Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? He that see, has seen me has seen the Father. And he that seeth, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Hmm. Now, we just read over there in John twelve forty five, And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Wow. Get the revelation. Philip says, show us the Father. We'll be happy. Have I been so long time with you, Philip? Hey. Uh, have I been all this time with you and you don't know who I am? He that's seen me has seen the Father. Why? Because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We already talked about that in Colossians in the other uh, one of the other lessons. He's the image. We talked about the image. We talked about the we talked about the image of a coin. We talked about the image in a mirror. All right. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, you need to go back and listen to that. Very powerful. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in... Oh, 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 go back to that same terminology there. Believest not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The works that I... The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. How can he talk like that? Because they're one and the same. They're not separate entities, persons, spirits, or beings. 
all right? You can't have one person inside of another person. You can't have one spirit inside of another spirit. No. We can have, uh, right now the spirit of God is surrounding me. Right now the spirit of God is surrounding you. Why? Because the spirit of God is omnipresent. But, speaking of myself, I have the Holy Spirit within. So guess what? I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. The Father's in me right now through the Holy Spirit, via the Holy Spirit, one and the same. At the same time, I'm in the Father because I'm in the presence of the Father. He inhabits it, He inhabits all time and space. There is nowhere that he is not right now. I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Okay, so that does not make me one and the same as as Jesus was because I'm a mere man. I was not born of a virgin, of course, but I have the dual nature. I have the nature of Christ having the Holy Ghost. All right, so let's move on here. Boy, some awesome stuff here. I hope you're hope you're getting this. All right, where are we at? All right, we read ten. Let's take a look at verse eleven. Believe me not. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Well, this would make a good rap song, huh? If you like rap, I don't like rap, but <laughs> maybe a good Christian rap song. Believe me that I'm in the Father, and the Father in me. I'm in the Father and the Father in me. <laughs> or else believe me for the very work's sake. Because he said it over, this is what, the third time? He said it in John here already? All right. Going down, verse 16. And I will pray the Father. All right. That's right. That humanity prayed to the eternal spirit, just like your humanity does. Because Jesus was a real man. Sure, he was God manifest in the flesh. But at the same time, he was born and he did die. Of course, yeah, he was raised from the dead, but that's not the point I'm making here. He was a real man. He prayed as example. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Uh Uh-oh, well, they say, there's that third person. Let's take a look. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Watch it. Watch what Jesus is saying. But you know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Who was dwelling with them? Who was standing there talking to him? Who was it? Jesus was. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. If you if you question that, that phrase, where he dwelleth with you and shall be in you, you want to say, well, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, he was talking about the Holy Spirit because Jesus is the Holy Spirit. But he confirms that verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Remember, you know, Isaiah 9, 6, Jesus is the everlasting father. And we only have one father, according to Malachi 2.10 and John 8.41. We have one father, and Jesus is that father, manifest in the flesh, because he's God. And we have, Jesus is God the Father. He is Jehovah God, as we've been talking about, showing you over and over. He's the creator. All right, so look, let's look at uh, verse uh, 20, uh, same chapter here. Uh, verse 20, at that day, ye shall know that I'm in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Now he adds a little bit more. At that day, and at that day, ye shall know that I'm in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. As the example I gave just about myself a moment ago, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. I'm in his presence, and he's inside me right now. Okay, so we can make it very difficult, but it shouldn't be. It actually, this is actually very easy. 
All right, verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. It's but the Comforter, who, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name. What name? Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost is going to come in Jesus' name. Why? The name of Jesus. Because the Holy Ghost in Jesus is one and the same. They're not separate persons, persons, entities, or spirits. Jesus is the comforter. He said, but lo, what, what was the previous? Uh, let's, let's go back to it. Verse 18 of John, uh, John 14 and 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. All right. Praise the Lord. Now he said in another place, he said, he, um, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you and I will abide with you forever. All right, talking about the Holy Spirit. John 15, 24. Maybe we'll run into that here. Okay. If I had done another if I had not done among them the works which none of other men uh, did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. Wait a minute. Hang on there, my friend. Listen, you say, well, they didn't see the Father. They were looking at the Father when they were looking at Jesus. Why? He was God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. He said it here with his own lips, with his own tongue, his own vocal cords. He said it himself. But now, not someday, not later, when we're all going to be together, us Trinity, when we're all standing together someday. No. But now, right now, have they both seen and hated both me and my Father? The Jews never hated the Father. No, they didn't. But they hated Jesus. So actually, when they hated Jesus, they hated the Father because he was the Father made flesh. They were looking at the Father when they looked at Jesus. When they looked at Jesus and hated Jesus, they were hating the Father. <clears throat> That's what he's saying here. This is what the whole thing is about. Now, again, I'm not quoting from some other book. All I'm doing is comparing Scripture with Scripture. That's all I'm doing. What have I said other than the word of God here today? I, I don't think I've said anything other than I haven't made him out to be something other than what the Bible plainly says about him. John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away for I, if, or if I not go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Didn't he say that earlier? And in other words, we talked about it just in a few chapters ago. We talked about that very same thing that Jesus said, very close to the same wordage. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. Why? Because they're not separate persons. They're not separate spirits or beings. Jesus is the comforter in our hearts. He came back in spirit form. God poured out his spirit. He didn't pour out another spirit because God is a spirit, John 4, 24. But in Acts chapter 2, he poured out his own spirit. Okay. And Jesus is the comforter that dwells within. Oh, how beautiful it is. All right, let's see what else we have. That was John 16, verse 7. Let's move on here. Let's go to chapter 17. Take a look at verse 21. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may also may be one in us, and, and that the world may believe that thou hast sent me hmm. that they all may be one as thou father art in me and i in thee is how many times has he said that today in this in this in this study in different places 
It keeps coming out of him. He wants us to get it. I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Why? Because they are one in the same. Different manifestations. God was manifest in the flesh. We can use the word manifest because it's a it's a biblical term. God is never referred to in the Bible as persons plural. Never once. Not once. I mean, if he wanted us to explain him that way, he could have done said it at least once, right? But he never did because God knew the future and he knew that men would conjure up a doctrine that was not correct. And we must speak where the Bible speaks. Amen? We must speak where the Bible speaks. Uh, verse 26, And I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare it. All right, we've already mentioned, but he says it again. What name was declared? What name was Jesus declaring? He, he wasn't declaring the name Jehovah. He was declaring the name Jesus. John 20, 27. We're almost done, my brothers, my sisters. Beautiful stuff here, huh? John 20. And verse uh, 27, 28, Jesus had uh, <clears throat> been crucified, buried, risen from the dead at this point. He appears to the disciples. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faith faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord, and my God, my Lord, and my God. How powerful. What an instant revelation that the unbelieving Thomas had. He wasn't swearing. He wasn't cursing. He wasn't in just bewilderment. You know, that was some kind of a slang of the day. It might have been. It sure is today, isn't it? Using the Lord's name in vain all the time. Well, he said, my Lord and my God. They knew one Lord. Okay. They knew one Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Okay, they knew one God, all right, of the Old Testament. They, these men, these disciples were Old Testament Jews. They were being ushered into the New Testament. They didn't even know it. They didn't even understand fully what was happening. They didn't understand the Bible we'd end up with. But these Old Testament Jews, of the 12 disciples, and one had committed suicide. We know that Judas did that. But Thomas said, my Lord and my God. So he's re referencing Jesus. He's claiming Jesus to be the Lord of the Old Testament and the God of the Old Testament. Instant revelation. He raised himself from the grave. They destroyed the temple and he raised it again the third day. Isn't that beautiful, my friend? Well, I'm so glad to bring you another lesson on the oneness of God here today. I hope you're being blessed. I uh, hope you'll share this. Now, don't forget to give us five stars if you think we deserve it. Uh, the teachings here, the oneness of God, and all these different teachings we provide to you. And uh, you know, reach over and give us that five stars, that good rating of review. And uh, don't forget to also subscribe to this podcast so your phone or your device will ding <laughs> when I throw up a new podcast. Yep, that's what happens, and you'll be notified. And share it on your, your your social media that you take advantage of, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you use. Share it on there so that others can get revelation and understanding as well. All right? Be blessed. All right, until the next podcast, this is Brother Rodas in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. 
Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs>